This is Dr. Karen Wilson-Starks, and welcome to my podcast series, The Voice of Leadership. Today, I'm continuing a conversation that I started last time, and last time I was talking about the pandemic of injustice in the United States, and I'm continuing that in a part two portion of that series. If you didn't hear part one, please go back and listen to part one. In part one, I really talk about the fact that there are systems and structures in place that maintain the status quo of what goes on in societies and also what goes on in businesses. In other words, we are reinforcing behaviors and values that we support through those systems and those structures. And when those systems and structures cause harm, there is injustice. And whenever there is injustice in a civilized society, There must be a response to call out that injustice. Feelings of anger and feelings of outrage may well be appropriate for outrageous acts that are perpetrated against innocent citizens. Every feeling that God has given us, whether it be anger, whether it be happiness and joy, whether it be sadness, all of those feelings have their place in our daily lives. In fact, anger, when properly channeled, can be used for effective good. And earlier, I just used the word response rather than reaction. And I also just now said properly channeled. So that means we have to harness the emotions that we have in these heinous situations so that we can respond rather than just react and so that we can take action that's effective and leads to long-term good. So to that end, I know that there have been many people in the current crisis and pandemic of injustice who have chosen to demonstrate peacefully. I know that in the current scenario, there have been those who've chosen to write articles and opinion pieces to call out the problems that are going on. There have been people who have been marshalling others to get out and to vote. People who have been calling for proper charges and consequences for police officers who take the lives of others inappropriately. And to those, I say thank you, because that's what should happen. That's a response, not just a reaction. A lot of times when we're just reacting, there is a short-term benefit in that. For that moment, you might feel good to get the anger out. However, those reactions 
often create more long-term problems and they cause harm to other innocent people. So what I want to talk about today is a few things. Number one, just remember, remember the long-term objectives in whatever action is taken. When injustice takes place, we want to highlight the problem and the problem people without stooping to their same tactics. Because if I stoop to the same tactics, then I become just like the one I'm complaining about, and now I'm causing harm. Number two, I want to keep the spotlight on the true perpetrators. Now, if I react in the moment and in a situation, I might look like a perpetrator. And then all the focus gets shifted from the real perpetrators to me. So I'll say, let's forego sometimes that short-term benefit of letting the anger out and unleashing it in any way on whomever to go for the long-term benefit. Now, I'll just give an example of something that's hypothetical. Imagine if I was standing on a street corner one night and my purse gets snatched by a criminal. And let's say the police don't do anything about it. They don't try to find the criminal. They don't try to catch the perpetrator. And I'm just out my purse and whatever was in it. So the next night, I go to a corner a block away from where I was the previous night, and I snatch some other lady's purse. Now, here's the thing. Me snatching that woman's purse doesn't really solve my problem. She was innocent. She had nothing to do with the incident that happened to me the night before on another corner. Secondly, now I've become a criminal because I have snatched her purse. And maybe the police are going to show up tonight for this incident. And then I get thrown in jail for my actions. And what am I going to say? Because indeed, I have snatched her purse. So we really have to remember that sort of biblical reminder of being angry and sinning not. There is no prohibition about being angry. The prohibition is about what actions we take in response to the anger. And I say, let's channel the anger so that we're doing things that make a long-term difference rather than spreading the hurt and pain onto another person who is innocent of the crime. Let those who are guilty be the ones who suffer the consequences. If I think about the implications for work, There are many injustices that can also happen at work and on the job site. So let's imagine that you are in a job and in a company where you are significantly underpaid. Maybe you make much less than your peers, including those peers who have less time in service and who produce less work and less high quality work. Maybe your work product is consistently superior And you even get that feedback. And let's say you've asked for raises and you've been unsuccessful at getting your pay altered. 
and you've done the research. Not only are you a little bit unpaid, you are radically unpaid in comparison to your colleagues. Now, if in the midst of this injustice at work, if you allow a root of bitterness to get hold of you in this unfair situation, that root of bitterness might speak to you one day and say, in your position of trust and authority, you have an opportunity to embezzle money from the company. And you could embezzle the amount that you think you rightly deserve because it was not properly paid to you. And let's say you get caught. Just like the lady on the corner snatching the other lady's purse. If you're in that situation, no one is going to be empathetic and say, oh, well, you were radically underpaid all these years. It was okay to embezzle the money. No, now you get branded as the criminal. So I say, let's not get baited into actions that paint us as the criminal. Let's not get baited into acting like a criminal when we're not. So that means taking effective action is pursuing every legal means possible to get change. It might mean in that work context that there I might need to find some coalitions of other people who really do understand the situation that I'm in and support my quest for fairness. And perhaps some of those other voices may be in higher places with more influence and can make a difference. Well, it behooves me to try to gather some of those people. Maybe I might need to do a lot more work to bring in details and information about fair pay schedules and why mine is not where it should be. Perhaps in my performance review, talk about what would it take for me to achieve this level of raise? What actions would you need to see from me and to make sure that I'm presenting those? Now, it's quite possible that even if I do all of these things and do them well and do them in a right way, I still may not get justice. I still may not prevail because there may be conditions in my organization such that the structures are in place to keep me from succeeding. And even if I've exhausted everything in the organization and now I go outside of the organization and I make appeals to other legislative bodies that are designed to help with these kinds of problems and I still get no help. Rather than to stay there and to allow the root of bitterness to settle in so deeply in my own heart that I would then choose to embezzle money from the company or do something else that is lawless, it might be better for me to learn what I can while I'm there, plan my exit strategy, and go to better opportunities. Now, when we think about a country, it's not just easy to leave your own country, and I'm not suggesting that. I am saying, though, at the 
societal and country level, there are even more avenues and more coalitions of people to organize, to appeal, and to show the pictures of what's really going on. And we have to remember, it may take some time to get the job done. And in the meantime, you want to remember to guard your own heart because each of us, our actions come out of the heart that we have. And I want to keep my heart in a space of love, in a space of hope, in a space of peace. Even if there's turmoil all around me, and even if there's evil all around me. Earlier this week, I was reading in First Chronicles, the 14th chapter, verses 8 through 17, about King David when he took over as king not only of Judah and the smaller portion of Israel, but when all Israel came to him and made him king. Immediately after that, he had a couple of battles with his longtime enemies, the Philistines. Before he went up in the first battle, he inquired of God and he said, shall I go up against the Philistines? And God said, yes, go up and I will give you victory. The second battle happened almost immediately. And David inquired of God again. He said, shall I go up? Now, God had a different answer the second time. He said, no, don't go up. In fact, I want you to circle around the Philistines. And I want you to listen for the sound of soldiers marching in the tops of the mulberry trees. When you hear that sound, then go down and attack them, for I have given them into your hands. Because God was moving things around, and he was the one that was fighting that battle. So to those of you who are listening, who happen to be Christians, I want to remind you, We have supernatural power, and God is just waiting for us to ask for the battle instructions. He knows what's going on, and he's seeing it from a different vantage point than what we can see down here on earth. And when I might think the way to go is directly in to fight the enemy, he may have a plan of circling around that works more effectively, and faster. So I say, remember that. We must inquire and we must use the supernatural power that we have. And to business leaders out there, I say this. When there's something going on in your organization and some members of your organization have approached you and raised some issues and concerns, take time to listen and to look in the mirror. Don't just assume that this feedback is irrelevant. So as I close today, I want to share a verse with you that says, For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual host of wickedness in high places. So use all the weapons of your warfare, the spiritual ones first.
You've been listening to The Voice of Leadership with me, Dr. Karen Wilson-Starks. And I want to give a special thanks to jazz saxophonist Ron McMillan for granting us permission to use his gifted music on our show. Thanks for listening. And remember to go to my website, transleadership.com, for more strategies, insights, and leadership resources. Thank you.